You're listening to Future of School, the podcast, and our special series, Students Speak, presented in partnership with National School Choice Week. In this series, you'll hear from students who have succeeded thanks to choices they were able to make in their K-12 education, including participation in blended and online learning. Welcome to another exciting episode of Students Speak podcast. Today, we're joined by Isaac. He's currently a college student in Ohio who hails from Kansas. Welcome to the podcast, Isaac. Hello. We're excited to hear about your experiences with education. I know that's a big, broad question. So let me narrow it down for you. Talk to us about where you go to school right now and what that looks like. Do you take classes in person, online? How's it going? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, like, honestly, it's a bit of a mixed bag because uh, due to like the current times of just starting in 2022, there's just a lot of kind of uncertainty around it all. And uh, so I've been kind of in a mixed area where it's both online half the time and in person the other half. And it's pretty interesting on the experiences you get from those. When was your first experience, whether it was a class or a course or just a a lesson where you use technology in your education? Uh, Yeah. So honestly, I I started it pretty early on where when I was just around like sixth grade, I first initially started using things like Khan Academy to like get to know math better and a a few of those things that helped. But it, it was really centered around like the start of sixth grade where I started to dive deeper into using technology to help me like uh, understand things a lot easier, including very specifically math. All right. Yeah. I've heard a lot about different resources like that, helping students when they don't understand a concept or for some students when they're advanced, they understand the concept, but they want to take it to the next level. So it kind of goes both ways. Oh, yeah. So was your first formal online class, was that when you were a freshman in high school? Honestly, my first like fully formal online class was actually when I was going into junior year of uh, high school, because in, in, in a lot of ways during that time, I kind of outpaced a few of the areas. So I signed up for a few college classes. And my first full online formal kind of thing was a uh, microecon, like a microeconomics class. And it really just kind of was a bit of a leap, but it was kind of interesting being able to hear the professor talk about it and having to go to the class at certain times, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely a new learning environment that that can allow a lot of a lot of benefits, especially like you said, for students that want to take courses that aren't offered that exceed the classes that they have. So there's a lot of a lot of benefits to it. When you took the online class when in when you were in high school, was it who who recommended that to you? Who was the person that said, "Hey, there's this option. You can take this these types of classes online." Uh, yeah, so honestly, it, it was both my mother and a few of the people at the local high school, uh, like the guidance counselor who I'm my family's friends with, uh, was like, hey, it, it honestly would work out better for you to take this just to get a feel for it. And uh, yeah, so honestly, it was both my mother and like the local school district. So it sounds like you had some 
some pretty strong support for choosing a different pathway, choosing different courses and different ways of learning. Yeah, I did. So was there a, was there a, a moment that you can remember, Isaac, that when you realized that kids have choice in how they learn or the types of schools they can go to? Honestly, I've been homeschooled for most of my life. So I, I kind of grew up with a lot of that stuff. Kind of, I like, I grew up with it. So it's a bit strange. It was actually me learning that people didn't know there was a choice that kind of was a bit larger of a shock to me. Uh, but then I also looked more into it after that, which it was probably around probably seventh grade. And I looked into it and was just absolutely astonished by the amount of like different forms of schooling there were and like the studies on what works and what doesn't. That's a really powerful statement that you said you were absolutely astonished when you realized the different options that were available. That's really, it's really powerful to hear that, especially when, you know, one of the comments you made just before that, Isaac, was it was surprising to you when people don't know that they have options, when when kids and families don't realize that they have choices. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I, I don't really know what to say to that. It's just like, it, it's a culture shock, you know? Your perspective is so rich and so mature to be able to balance both of those, right? It's like, I didn't, it was surprising to me how many people didn't realize they had choice. And then once you, once you started to go down a pathway to look for ways that you could learn and take classes that worked for you, it was like, okay, I knew I had a choice. I just didn't realize I had this many options. Wow. You know, so oftentimes we hear, we hear some kids say, well, I don't have any choices. I don't have any options. So to hear from another student, you're, perspective and this aha moment you had where you realized how what a plethora of options there were it's it can be really motivating for families and their and their children so my next question for you is around when you think back to your experience anytime k12 there during that time frame of education what was the most rewarding part for you personally and what was the most challenging part of your education a few of the uh rewarding parts were just kind of seeing where I related to my peers on a lot of issues uh, because gr- growing up in a household which was kind of science heavy my mother's geologist and my father is a uh, engineer uh, it, it, it was honestly one of the things which uh, it, it was weird how far I excelled in mathematics and uh, like science on a lot of those because they just came more naturally. And around where I'm from, uh, those are some of the issues that the school actually is known for being quite bad at. Uh, And it's really weird just kind of being able to go into work uh, at a local place and just being known as like the calculator, you're able to kind of put orders together and figure a few things out really quickly. Uh, and that, that's one of the more like great things that I found. One of the more challenging things was just when, when it came to first kind of diving deeper into the real world, uh, which is just like working and all that stuff. Uh, it, it was kind of 
hard for me to go into that as easily due to uh, most of my experiences being blended online. Uh, but at the same time, it was a lot more enriching to have that experience. To have the online and blended experience? Yeah, correct. So what would you say to, well, let me back up before I ask that question. So now here we are in 2022 and we're still we're still in a situation where we're in a global pandemic. And what we saw in 2020 was seemingly overnight, many, many, if not most schools transitioning over to remote and or crisis schooling, which is different than online learning. Online learning has been around for 25 years, right? So what we sometimes will hear families and, and families and adults say is, oh, we just, you know, that remote learning, it didn't work. We need to go back to the pencil and the paper and the books and the teacher in front of the class. What would you say to an adult if you were in a conversation with them and they express that? What would you share with them about authentic, organized, blended and online learning and what that can offer to students? One of the core things that I find with a lot of those experiences is that with a lot of students, they are being taught by the same teachers who, who were teaching before, who didn't have the uh, first groundwork experience to be able to teach online. So part of it, I would argue, isn't fully based on the students, uh, but also based on the teacher, because that's one of the core issues that you need to take into consideration is just, okay, is this teacher actually like teaching correctly in this form? Um, but I, I also would accept that th there are a lot of people who just aren't able to fully excel at that sort of thing. So I, I fully understand it, but I do not believe the majority are. And I believe the majority, it can come down to just being inexperienced with it because they didn't learn from a younger age, like because they didn't have it around at a younger age. Um, and also the issue of with the faculty who are who are teaching you is you, you need to understand that during 2020 and 2021 and even 2022, a lot of the people who are like going into the profession of like schooling don't have the experience to be able to teach it. And we're never really taught it and we're given it and told here, take the reins. It's now yours. Your, your opinion and your wisdom are both really, really great to hear from the student perspective because you're right. Teachers, teachers for a long time, there's several surveys that have gone out and the results are consistent. Teachers over the last five to eight years have, they want to use technology in their instruction. They want the majority of them. They want to be able to meet students where they are and personalize learning but the, also the majority of them in the different surveys that have come out, they haven't had the training. So when the pandemic hit in 2020, it was this very, very quick, almost defied the laws of what would be possible under any other normal circumstances. And teachers were creating online learning environments in their homes, using different tools and softwares and whatever they could to keep kids connected. So I, we really applaud the efforts of what they were able to do, but you bring up great points in that they didn't have the training, they didn't have the time, and it is a skill set that can be learned. Not all online teachers have the, the skills, same skill set to be 
instructors, effective instructors of in-person learning, and not all in-person learning geared teachers have the skill set or the desire to teach online. So really, really great perspective that you that you've shared with us and given to us. Have you encountered a lot of options in college to embrace choice and how you learn and the types of classes you take? Um, my college is a bit more liberal on this perspective, where it's becoming a lot more open to having like to, to the amount of options that you have. When it even comes down to just course selection, there are a bunch that you get to choose through. I think there are about 500 or so, maybe 400. Wow, that's uh, a lot. It, it is quite a lot. Uh, but when it comes to like things like in-person or online, there's a lot of choice there too, because most classes give you an online option and allow you to kind of do those classes through a computer while it's being streamed from the classroom. And in that way, I believe that the college that I went to is a lot more open with that. Of course, it doesn't have the uh, same amenities like being able to do fully online and not having to be on like and being allowed to be at your home wherever you live. But I would still say for quite a few colleges that I've heard of this one, like the College of Worcester is pretty good on that stuff. Wonderful. So what do you think that your schooling experience, and it can be, we'll say middle school and high school, what do you think your middle school and high school experience would have been like if you had no opportunity, you had zero option for choice in how you learned or what classes you took or anything related to choice in education? I'd be bored out of my mind. But uh, (laughs) honestly, a lot of it is that I think choice is really core to the education experience because certain people won't understand certain topics as well as other people. So I think choice choice is one of the core things that has to be offered. I found that in middle school, due to me like being online for a decent chunk of it, I actually blazed through a few things like history, which I absolutely fell in love with. I did a lot of languages, which actually made me learn that I really love different languages, uh, such as like Russian and French. And I, I, I found choice to be one of the things that made me excel when I look back and I remember my friends from back then who were going to a uh, normal school and basically were just given four options the whole way through until I think freshman year of high school which was just English, history, science, and math. And maybe if you were, well, also physical education, maybe if you were lucky, a workshop class like woodworking or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, it somewhat opened up a little bit. And for a lot of the people who are going to a normal school, yet at the same time, I look at it and I realize, hey, these guys didn't get the same chance to learn about taxes, to learn about like specific times in history, because I'm going to be honest, you can't condense world history into one semester of learning. (laughs) But it's one of those things where I look at it and online just gives you so many more options to be like, okay, I want to learn about Genghis Khan's empire during like his reign and then like the Kulakan's uh, reign of another empire next 
like next semester. But in a lot of ways, that would be just a week's worth of learning at a normal school when it's something that's kind of really core and it's great to know these things. And it really helps you become more passionate about what you're learning, which I find to be one of the core issues with the amount of choices given in a lot of normal schools. That there's limited options in terms of what kids can take that may not be aligned with their passions. Yep. Correct. Hit it on the head. Yeah. Yeah. We, we hear that. We definitely hear that. So my last question for you is what would you say to a student, say, we'll say high school, high school freshmen you're talking to, and they express frustration. They have very limited options in what their school offers. They feel bored in school. They're really bright and they have areas of passion and they don't know where to start in terms of choice. They don't even know that they have options when it comes to choice. What would you say to that student, Isaac? Honestly, one of the core things that I'd say is just look at your options. Because in a lot of ways, and I've seen this so many times of the brightest people just burning out because of their experiences in high school, uh, it, it doesn't matter about what you're doing in high school and, oh, I've already completed my freshman year, so I can't switch. What matters is that you learn and you understand that you are like you you can be like it you can learn easier. And part of that is just looking at your options. Of course, you have online learning, which is what I think a lot of people would probably excel at. Um, but you also have like Montessori's and other types of schools. And honestly, it's it's one of those things which for somebody who's in high school, you, you don't really get told the options because there are a lot of schools who just want to make money for them and the school itself. And part of the issue is just with the professors around you. So in total, you just have to think about it and just look at your options, try them out, read some books from it. Kind of like go and talk to local colleges about like taking classes through them or like going to online sources and just seeing, hey, do I actually like this? Can I fit with this? That is, I'm trying to summarize that, but you did such an amazing job of of motivating our listeners to get out there and not wait for somebody to give you a menu of options that you have that you can embrace the different opportunities to take classes in different ways, maybe to go to a different school, to enroll in a, in a program. It really is about being your own advocate for, for how you learn and what you learn and and going to the school and, and making that happen. Yeah, I would totally agree on that. Well, Isaac, it was an incredible pleasure to have you here. You've left many, many listeners motivated, encouraged with your perspective and your words of wisdom. So thank you for being here. And we look forward to hearing all of the amazing things that you do today, tomorrow, and throughout the future. Thanks for being with us for today's episode. To join the movement to create a future of American schooling that ensures all students reach their unbounded potential, no matter where their learning takes place, visit our website at futureof.school. You can subscribe to our newsletter, learn about student scholarships and teacher grants, donate to our efforts, and more. To learn more about National School Choice Week and its year-round efforts to give parents access 
to the best K-12 options for their children, visit schoolchoiceweek.com.